You're listening to the Pittsburgh Podcast Network. Enjoy the show. We are now, this is John and Craig on the Jagoff Podcast, and we are now on our own All channel. by ourselves. Give me a Kleenex. <laughs> <laughs> you can't find us on SoundCloud or SoundCloud or the Pittsburgh Podcast feed anymore, even though they're still producing us. But you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and tune in. Just go to those ones and search for your Jagoff. Yeah. Make sure you subscribe and listen every week. Don't miss a minute. Don't mess it up. Hi, this is Rocky Blair. You're listening to Jim Cren. No restrictions on Pittsburgh Podcast Network. We're here with uh, my man, Andrew Stocky. Fredo just walked in. We're here at Blooms, <laughs> my home base for the podcast. This is your home base? Yeah, well, I live on the south side now. Yes, that's, that's true. So, I'll do my coffee, I'll hit the Laney's, I'll go to here, get my cigars, you know, and so I just kind of walk around. You left your man hanging, and though. My man, Fredo. You left your man hanging. He's the ma- <laughs> Fredo's the mayor of Southside. Oh, my goodness. Right, Fredo? How you doing, buddy? What's your mayor? Say hi to everyone on the podcast, Fredo. Hi, guys. <laughs> he's the best. Come down <laughs> and hang out. Came out to hang out with us. And we were talking about relaxing, having a cigar here, Drew, in, in your job. That's why I said you need to relax, man. Uh, people wonder about your gig, what, what you do and how you do it. Uh, how they many do. hours a week do you spend with your job? Uh, well, my job, Ballpark. I mean. Ballpark. Ballpark. Well, Give me at least hours. 50. At least 50. 50 hours a job. At, le- at least a week. I mean, it depends. I mean, during football season, yeah. it's six, sometimes seven days a week. Um, you know, you have to kind of, you're kind of a slave to the news. When things are happening and they're important to cover, they call you at home and stuff like that. Well, I mean, you're, you're get on out top there. Of things. You're, you're on top of things. Uh, you know, if there's a big breaking news situation, obviously it's all hands on deck. But like for instance, I was at uh, both the Republican National and Democratic National Conventions this past summer. That's, that's amazing, man. Yeah. When we talk, Andrew yeah. just drops that like it's nothing, you know. But that's pretty <laughs> oh, impressive, no. man. Yeah, I'm yeah. sitting here, you know, talking about this past summer, and yeah. I'm real happy and excited. Hey, as you Kennywood, I saw a couple on the rise. <laughs> And Andrew's I was at the National well, Democratic Commission. That's pretty impressive. No, it's, it's what was that? Let's, was break that like? them, let's break them down. Okay. Give, give me the Democrats first, then the Republicans. All right. Uh, the Democrats were in Philadelphia, but I went to the Republicans a week before in Cleveland. Okay. Uh, and here's here's the thing. I thought, number one, both cities did a great job of hosting the events. Yeah. You know, And I had not been to Cleveland for any extended period of time. I, I go up to well, the game and I leave. Yeah. <laughs> it was the middle of the summer. It's Cleveland. Great time. Yeah. Beautiful city. Uh, just, you know, there's downtown shopping, food, what have you. But yeah. it's a lot of work. I mean, both weeks were probably about 80, 90 hours. Do you see celebrities hanging around the convention? Uh, well, the Republican, you saw Scott Baio. You did? <laughs> yeah. Man, you held that back on me. I didn't know you saw Scott Baio. Well, tremendous. I mean, when he was like the only, well, him and Natalie Galvis were the two celebrities. <laughs> I know, he got in a lot of heat, didn't he? Yeah. When, yeah. Uh, Natalie Galvis did, the, the golfer. But uh, I love Chachi. Chachi's good. <laughs> tremendous. Mm. Tremendous. Yeah. He didn't need Johnny. Right. He didn't need Johnny. Republicans, so, I mean, Democrats had obviously a few more big names, but. So. Uh, so what do you do when you cover these things, man? Do you have a, an itinerary? Do they, they give you like access to everything? Or do you have to hustle yourself? You've got to try and I mean, the whole idea... So you've got to create the story? Well, the question is, you're there to give people the Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania perspective. Okay. They can watch CNN and Fox and get right. a national perspective. Right. So what you're doing is hustling and trying to find the local perspective. So every morning, each state delegation has a breakfast. So all the Republicans from the state of Pennsylvania, whether they be elected officials or just GOP boosters yeah. or whatever, are at that event. That's where you're getting a lot of your news. You, then you go to the convention events that night. 
and you're trying to get people. I mean, one night I was able to get uh, Reince Priebus before he became chief of staff. Okay, he so you got to talk to him. Got to sit down with him. Nice cool. guy. Yeah, nice guy. All right. Yeah, he was. It was funny. I mean, uh, you could kind of tell that you know that because Trump was still had just won yeah. the domination. I think. There was still this period of getting used to the whole idea, even on the GOP side. Right, right. And it's, and it's not a knock on, on, on him. It's the fact that, you know, the GOP, you know, as a party, I think, you know. It was so different. My God, it's, it's the most shocking thing for all right, right. And, and it's funny because you're like the guy I am, and, and our listeners know this too. Uh, yeah. I, I, I make fun of politicians, but I try to be balanced with it mm-hmm. uh, because I don't really, to me, entertainers, I don't think should, this is my opinion, that right. they get involved with politics because yeah. there's, you know, supposed to make people laugh that's my thought right. but, but you're like that too I've noticed you never really tip your hand on any kind of political affiliation how hard is that when you're covering a convention to do that it's not hard back on your opinion I mean you know when I was at the Democratic convention it was all Democratic news on right. my Twitter feed social media while I was reporting and I didn't get a lot of blowback because people realized that's what's going on that week mm. when I'm at the Republican event it's the same thing mm-hmm. but you know as a reporter I, I've always felt whether I'm doing news or sports yeah. people don't care about my opinion <laughs> they don't. They, you know what's funny, Drew? That's so true, man. I, I noticed it with entertainers, too. They really don't care. And people, these entertainers say inflammatory things, mm-hmm. and people really don't give a shit what, what we think or entertainers think, right? Well, it bothers you're, me. Journal, that, you're a journalist, though. Well, I mean, it bothers me is, like, you know, the whole fake news thing. Mm. You know, as a reporter, yeah, well, my job is always, here are the facts. Right. And as long as you present the facts, regardless of how they affect the the overall outcome, it will set you free. Let me... Let me I'll ask you this, okay. coming from the, the journalist side. And okay. you are one of the most respected journalists, not only here I in am? the country. You've been around, man. You, you always do You do a great job. So because of time, I'm respected. Okay. <laughs> hey, that's saying something in this business. That's true. But, uh, okay. but the thing is, Drew, uh, is there fake news? Is there anything that's... Oh, yeah. When they're saying, hey, it's fake news, do you think well, it's I mean, a lot if, of fake if news? If you go on your Facebook page, mm-hmm. there are a lot of stories out there that are not true. Completely not true. And it's, I think it's pretty obvious to, to tell just by the source or who they're quoting. Right, right. Yeah, no, of course there's a lot of stuff that's, you know, I think fake news is a term for basically news that tends to slant one way or the other uh, to either denigrate one group or promote To the lift group. the others. Right, so right. divisive right now. Right, so when I right. thought I think fake news, man, do you remember the weekly world news? Like, I do. But see, that's fun fake news. I was one yeah. of the few people who subscribed <laughs> to it. It actually came to my house. Really? Now, fake news to me yeah, is the Bat Boy. That one, remember the Bat yeah. Boy? Yes. Yeah, the yeah. Bat Boy yeah. was fake news. Right. So whenever I hear President Trump saying, you know, this is your fake news, seeing this is your fake news. And I, and I picture, well, I haven't seen the Bat Boy. Is he talking about? So I guess there's yeah. fake news in the sense of slanting, you're saying. I, I, think, I think so. I mean, you know, I think, and I'm just going to give you my thoughts. Yeah. What we present on, on WTA journals and what I cover. It's the facts. I don't slant it. I don't say I feel this way or I don't try to make somebody look bad. I mean, if you say something and you look bad, it's, it's because of what you've said. Do you think some journalists do, or people in your business that call themselves journalists do that to try to advance their careers? Because it does give you a little hate. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, yeah. I'm sure it happens in every business that there are people who do, who do things in order to benefit themselves. Who's, I mean, your, I, role, who's your role model? Who's my role model? Everybody's role model in media. Well, you know, it's funny. When I was started doing this, I looked to Brian Gumbel. Yeah, uh, I, I, I love him. Because I thought he was a, a journalist who kind of took no prisoners and was very um, confident. But I, I've always tried to be me. <laughs> and me is just, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know if that, that means anything. No, but. it means a lot. <laughs> You're a good man. Uh, I can say that. I know you for years. Uh, I love Gumbel, though. When you said that, I'm, I've been a big fan of Gumbel's forever. Mm-hmm. And, 
to do an impression of somebody, you have to really like them. But because you do, I watched Dumble for hours to learn the impression, man. So I watched the real sports on HBO, uh-huh. and I and I notice he has certain little tricks that he does. Like, so you do an impression? I do, and, and in the middle of like an interview, okay, like uh, say he's talking to you, Andrew okay. Stock, or yeah. something like that. You you just won some world record sprinting or whatever, <laughs> you, you know, bas- baseball right. hit hit a home run, whatever you'd be talking right. about, sports guy. He goes in the middle. He'll start always pause. I'll watch this now. Every other interview, you'll do it. You'll see. Is Andrew Stalky happy? <laughs> he just goes out of nowhere that look. Question. <laughs> do you have anything like that? Do you have any catch moves? I, I, guess, I guess he does do that. Is yeah. Andrew Stalky happy? Yeah. Do, do, you, do you have any moves like that? Like, I don't have any Because right, when you're going in interviews, some people, you know, if you're doing, uh, you only have three minutes, four minutes, and sometimes some people could be really bad interviewees. Well, you know what? You have to do tricks. Not. <laughs> and I think it's, I think it's what uh, Gumbel's doing in a sense. Well, I think you're talking to the average person. You kind of yeah. have to make them feel comfortable sometimes. Right. But if you're talking to an elected official, an athlete, or what have you, they right. tend to know how to do this. Um, so you don't really have to, you know... Get any... You don't have to bleed them on. You open it up and let them... No, they, you just let, they, you let them talk. have a, the, the lines. Right. Well, what you want to do is Basically. listen. I think listening you, is the one skill that people miss. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll go into an interview with four or five questions I yeah. want to, or points I want to hit. And as I'm listening, I'll hear something. And I'll be like, well, wait a minute, what about that? Well, let's go in that direction. So the key is, like, listen, wait for some crazy thing or something or something that they can, you know, make an entertainment. Absolutely right. I mean, just, you, you have an interesting career. First of all, how long have you been doing this in Pittsburgh? Tell I've been here I know, since I'm 95. Okay. No, it's a long career in one market. I know. I, I'm, I'm sure my, my days are going to be our number at some point. <laughs> nah, I don't think so, man. They no, love it's, been, it's been a good ride. Well, you'll be here for You're a Pittsburgher, really. So you'll be here forever. Well, I'm a Pittsburgher now. Right? You're okay. a Pittsburgher officially, I would say. I was wondering what the time frame was. I would say 15 years is the... Is the oh, okay. After 15, you're officially. So I'm enjoying my seventh year as a Pittsburgher. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're officially a Pittsburgher at this point, man. Now, you had a unique thing in the sense that you got to do both... Sports also, and mm-hmm. you're known also in Pittsburgh for sports, and knowing, knowing your game and everything, and also doing uh, news, so, you know, straight news. That's an interesting career, isn't it? To do both of those things. It's fun. I mean, it's. I always say it's the serious stuff for half my day, and then it's fun for the other half. Although news and sports in this town are really the same thing. It's the same thing. Right? The same we thing. take it like religion. Yeah. <laughs> well, I always tell people I couldn't do this job yeah. in, let's say, let's pick a city. Um, I don't know, like. D.C. Okay. Or in St. Louis or in Los Angeles. Why not? Well, because sports are extremely important here. Mm. Sports Yeah, have a religion here. It, it's religion. It's religion. Like our Steelers or whatever. Right. That, absolutely. Right. And, and, and a lot of what drives us as a community goes back to sports. It's true. It brings us together, as we know. And sometimes it can tear us apart. Do you, yes. Yeah, yeah. We get arguments. What's your favorite thing to cover? Do you like doing sports or do you like going to news? Both excited. Can you pick one? The yeah, truth? tell me. Yeah, tell me the truth. I like high school sports. Really? That's my favorite. Why? You know, because that's the purest form of sport. It's amateurs. It's kids who are doing it not for the money because they're not getting paid. They're doing it for the glory. They're doing it for their school. They're doing it for their community. And I think the WPIL, what we have here, yeah. it's almost like our, especially during football. So it is like, like the movie. Like you ever seen, NFL. Yeah, it's like the show Friday Night Lights, yeah. man. It reminds me of that. I love show. doing Operation Football on Friday nights. That's my favorite thing to do. That's pretty cool. More man. than anything else. And that includes, and I hate to say this, I love the Steelers. Don't get me wrong. I'll yeah, I know. Runs. I'm not saying that. You know, championship runs, but right. high school football every Friday That's your thing. is the best thing. Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Do you get tired of the athletes maybe being prima donnas in a way? In a sense? No, because I, in Pittsburgh, I don't I, think they are. 
Right. I think in this town, the athletes understand where they they fit in society, how important they are to people here. So covering them day to day, when you do that, all you know, every single day, you become friends with some of these guys in a way, or not friends, I should say, but I mean, they're they're you get to know them. they know they have to do their job in the I media, and you do yours. I did more when I was in news, when I was in just sports only. Right, I mean, right. As I, and also, as you get older, I mean, when huh. I first started, yeah. I was the age of the guys I was covering. Yeah. Now, I'm 20 years older than these people. Right. You know, or it's about to get older. So it's kind of hard to have that same connection. It is. It is. It, but you still do, though. You well, still yeah, get the I mean, friends. You get stuff. to know people. You get to build relationships and friendships. And what, what, what is what's your uh, uh, what's your life like, man? People want to know like your daily routine, man. Just give me like a, a day in the life. Are you a workout fanatic? You know, I, I, are you a partier? What, what do you do? What's your what's your vice? What's Drew, what's I, Andrew Stocky's vice, man? I, I sleep in a lot more than I show. I, I like that. Sleeping's your hobby. That's a good hobby. Well, because I get home late. And yeah. so, <laughs> I get home after the news. So, uh, you know, I get up. I'm, I become a coffee drinker. I start doing. You are a coffee guy, aren't you? Well, you all the coffee. Yes. I got into coffee. Ah. So I drink coffee. Um, I'm somebody who I'm on my phone, Twitter. I, I'm a big Twitter. You're a big Twitter, okay, guy. Yeah. I love turning on and watching. What's your workout thing? You like the run, right? I like. I always to run. see you running around. Sometimes I'll see you on Southside running, right? Yeah, I like, love running. And, and Andrew's like, listen, now I am out of shape, as everyone knows. And I'll see Andrew and be like, what are you doing? Here? Oh, I just did like twelve miles or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> just a quick one before yeah. work. You know, a quick well, you twelve. Know what I'm doing now. What? Ice skating. You're shitting. No, I, I picked it up. Uh, you got to be kidding. You're ice skating. Well, you got to teach me how to ice skate. I could barely ice. Well, skate. I have a teacher who's teaching me how to ice. Skate. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I haven't done it in thirty years. Oh, that's awesome, man. So Where do you do this at? Where at? Uh, I go to PPG Place <laughs> or the Island Sports Center. I want to just see you ice skate. It's great. Is, is are you picking it up? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you gotta, I, yeah. I, uh, there's some things that are hard. Like ice skating backwards isn't hard. Crossovers are hard. Bob Airy tried to teach me how to ice skate. How'd that go? Well, he got it to the point where he could stand. We used a chair. I held onto a chair and I right. pushed it around. Like, like when people were just like, look, what the hell's wrong with this guy? And it just pushed it around. We're at South Point. But I got to the point where I could stand. That's it. But not, not like you. You're advanced. So ice skating's your thing now, huh? Well, I really enjoy it. It's Are we going to see a figure skating thing? A hockey? No. Although Dave, hockey? Oh, Dave Hanson. You know Dave Hanson? Yeah. Uh, at the Iron Sports Center, he's like, Andrew, anytime you want to play hockey, I'm like, Dave. Dave, I will, I will get my butt killed if I go out there. You could not. do, well, you know what? You always do charity. I'm going to do charity hockey. Right? Yeah, but I've seen Larry Richard and the guys. Okay, they're good. Those guys could play. Yeah, they guys play like high school play. and stuff. Man. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. That's that why guy. I didn't do that. That's why I was trying to kind of learn. I just thought, I can't do this. I'll get killed out there. I might, I might give it a try. Jay Coffey will run me over or something, right? Well, Jay Coffey looks like he could play right now. He can play right now, huh? I, I saw him last night. He's one of the most impressive people I know. I did a, a roast for Ronnie Cook last night. It was a lot of fun. One of the great writers. We've been lucky in Pittsburgh with sports journalists, I think, throughout the, the history of the city. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially modern history for us. You know, I think Cook's great. I, I, I think... Um, uh, Myron, of course, was legendary. Oh, yeah. And that, that's not like that in every city where you get people like Myron Cope. And these sports yeah. legends, like man. My, well, as Myron used to say, mm-hmm. somebody like him couldn't be who he is in another city. I mean, if, and I'll be the first to admit, when I first got to Pittsburgh yeah. and I heard Myron Cope, <laughs> I was like, hey, Hi, Andrew. I was like, what is this? You know, I, I, like, <laughs> If you've never been to Pittsburgh and you hear this guy, you're like, who is this guy? And Myron and I, I got to know him. Yeah. He became... Uh, Somewhat of a mentor, mm-hmm. and, uh, somebody I became close to. I, yeah. you know, especially in his days when he was not doing so well. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's somebody I, I truly admire because he was a great writer. 
You know, he covered boxing. He did one of the great interviews I read with uh, Muhammad Ali, yeah. which was yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah, I think people forget, people forget that. Everybody yeah. thinks it's Yoy and this personality, but he was a great writer. He was always aware of his act. That's why he was an entertainer also. But he was a great journalist. He was a great journalist. Sometimes he was such a dynamic entertainer that you're right. Sometimes maybe overshadowed it a little bit that he was a great journalist. And that's why I try to tell people. I mean, if you read his work, especially mm-hmm. before he got this job, back in the early '70s, you'd be like, "Wow, I didn't know that about him." I remember when I uh, would do, and I got to know him also through the years, and what a nice man. Uh, I remember doing the impression of him. Oh, at the roast. At the roast. The roast we did. You and I co-hosted yeah, I the roast. I remember that. <laughs> Myron. And I talked about Steal the Training Camp. Uh-huh. And I used to always make fun. Well, because we get there at like, you know, five in the morning to do the morning show live at the time, and the media would stay in the dorm. Myron would walk out with these boxer shorts, man, with like these paisley weird boxer shorts that look too big for him. And one day I wonder, I'm like, I wonder if he, I do this every day for like a week that I'm at training camp. And I'm like, is Myron hearing about this? And, 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 and I don't know. And one day he walks, his hair's disheveled, and he stops, he's getting his coffee, he looks at hmm, hey, Grant, stop making fun of my gachis. <laughs> That great gotchies, man. Oh my god. Stop making fun of my gotchies. Yeah, I, I do miss him. I do miss him. But you know, we still we have Billy. Bill Hogan. We've got Bill. Bill's like yes. Yeah, who's quite, kind of the he's got that personality just like Myron does, but he's obviously the, the guy in control, the lead the lead play by play guy. I want to be him. You're becoming the uh, an icon in a way. Well, you're young. You know what you 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 uh, you still are in a way you're young, you're still young, I think once you get a certain uh, age or something. It's you become like, iconic. You're you're iconic now, but uh, I'm no, saying no. I think you, you are, yeah, you're up on that Mount Rushmore. I think. No, no, I mean honestly, Pittsburgh. You're very iconic. But no, no, it's no, true. No, no, this is a town. Honestly, it's it's when I think of the great journalists and the great mm-hmm. media people, mm-hmm. uh, I think Sally Wigan. Yes, to mind. Sally for sure. Sally is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think Bill Hope Road. Yep. Uh, you know, Myron, like, we're saying uh, Stacy Smith. Yeah. The KDK. I think. Uh, David Johnson, Peggy Finnegan. Yes. Those are the people I consider. Legendary. Uh, Bill Curry back in the day. Yeah, those are the people Al I look Julius at. Julius back in the yeah. day. Patty Burns, Bill Burns. Yeah, and I look at like I look at like my contemporaries. I think I look at Bob Pompiani. Bob Bobby Oxford. They, they are both they're both fantastic. They're up there, they're iconic. Also, yeah, we have we are really lucky. This one of the great cities for journalists and sports reporters. Oh, it really not, is. Guy Junker, oh, who guy. I work with. Yes, Guy's the man. Guy could Stan. Yep. Stan. Stan. Oh. We're missing some people, I know. I'm sorry. We're, we're having coffee <laughs> we're and cigars right now. We yelled out from our friends. But they, you're right, though, man. You're on the money. You know what's the funniest thing about a lot of the people you mentioned is the, the people don't know. They see them as great journalists, you know, like they see you. But, but behind the scenes, like, you could be really silly and goofy and stuff, man. I like the people see that. But but I know what you're saying. you you got to be careful a little bit. <laughs> but, I mean, Bob Pompiani, man, and uh, Albie yeah. are just downright, they could be stand-up comedians. Oh, yeah. Some people could be stand-up comedians. Those two could be stand-up comedians, man. I've, it, they just crush it at roast, Albie's, man. Albie, Albie. Albie's, right Albie's, right, right Albie's, Albie's fantastic. I mean, last yesterday he's skating on the ice at Heinz Field before the the outdoor game, and he's got his he's got it on Facebook. He's got his phone. <laughs> he's on Facebook Live. Yeah, I'm just like, please don't fall. His stories are off the charts, man. <laughs> you know, it's funny, Drew. One of the things about you, and when you mentioned Sally and all the people you mentioned, there's one there's a common thread with all those people in the city that they're not just journalists, not just saying it because they're friends, but they're part of the community in the sense that I always see these people doing charity. They always are there to emcee things, and, and, and I, mean, I can't tell you how many times everybody you named is now. And you're one of the people at the top of that list, man. You do so many charities 
and you don't take a dime for these things, man. That's the best part. You don't take a dime for these charities. And uh, how many, man, you must do, I can't imagine how many you do a week. Well, I, I, I cut back a little bit because my schedule just doesn't allow it. Do how many would you say? Give me a ballpark in your, in your high end. For a year? Hot, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I couldn't even get to... Two months, four months? Oh, more. At least, at least more, four. More, right? Four, at, least, at least four. At least four. At least four. So we're talking 40 to 50 events a year. But you, know what? But you know what? And I'll share this with you. When mm-hmm. I, I first decided to do this for a career, yeah. I honestly said I want to make a difference. And if I can... And it's not corny. You mean it. No, I mean Because you're, you're, you're putting your time where you're... Right. you're if I have the time to do something, mm-hmm. whether it's MC, speak somewhere... Just pop in and say hello, greet people. I'm happy to do it because I mean it's it's a small thing. I'm not some big time football star. I'm just me, and if it makes a difference, I'm happy to do it. I don't know, man. You're pretty big time. Me and Andrew, we do charity events, man. They just flock over to no, Andrew. No, 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 no. And there's the little clown. Listeners do not believe that. <laughs> Any place we go, I mean, I cannot tell you. This guy, you know, th- things he did 30 years ago, people still talk about. <laughs> I mean, characters he, he invented 30 years ago, they're still talking about. Oh, you know, like, as soon as people gravitate towards you, maybe it's towards towards your wife, maybe. maybe I think it's Eddie. It's I, all I think Eddie. You think it is, Drew. All it's the way. Hey, uh, we, are, we are going to do, uh, uh, once again, the epilepsy walk. We've been hosting yeah. that together for for years, man. Yeah. And that's just good. By 20 years, maybe. I don't know. It's been a long time. I remember I got involved. Uh, my first year, I think, was 97, 98. Okay. Was you, you brought me in a couple years later. We were still at the River Stadium. Yeah. Uh, I did with uh, Chris Peters, who was a pitcher for the Pirates yep. at the time. And I look back at the photos over the years, because I always have pictures with all the, the, the winners. And what's amazing is, the first years I did it, I looked like a lot of the winners, physically. <laughs> As time has gone on, I've Look less and less like them physically, um, but it's, it's a wonderful. Event. It's a wonderful event. It's a cool event, man. So if everyone comes out, it'll be this summer, Look June seventeenth. I'm, I'm saying it because the weather's been so nice. We're starting to think about summer. Let's not even talk. Oh, it's June seventeenth. June seventeenth. See, I'm you know Andrew always has to tell me the dates for my chair. Well, I just found out yesterday. Oh, good. All right. They literally stopped me on the way. Oh, by the way, don't forget the Apple run is June seventeenth. Right, I'm like, I'm in. Okay, I guess I'm not off that day. <laughs> nope. We're there, brother. We're there. We're. Tell everybody where you grew up. Tell everybody about your growing up days. All right, I was born in Chicago, Illinois. My father worked for the Internal Revenue Service, and we moved around. Wow, you did? Yes, I lived before I was nine. I lived in Chicago, Los Angeles, California, Kansas City, Missouri, Washington D.C., and finally we settled down in uh, of all places a small town called Simsbury, Connecticut. Okay. Uh, How old? I was nine. All right. And so that's where I grew up. That's really my, my growing up place. Mainly was Canadian. Now, now, when you're, now, little Andrew, was, was little Andrew, did he want to be in, in the, in the, as an entertainer? Did he want to be a journalist then? Sports guy? You're going to laugh. You're going to laugh. Don't say ice skater. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. No, when I was nine years old, I did not right. want to be a figure skater, although I'll tell you a story about that later. <laughs> okay, I'll hear I, um, I want to be a political cartoonist. Really? I was. Did you have of, a natural talent to do that? Well, I used to be able to draw, and I was kind of getting into politics. I learned it was, you know, when I was nine years old, the Watergate had just ended, the Carter administration was starting. So you were like a little uh, intelligent kid. Right? Well, no, I, I you're learned pretty about, smart as a little one, man. I could just learn how to tie my shoe at that age. You're thinking Watergate. I learned about it by going to the editorial page of the paper. Wow. And these cartoons yes. would simplify what was going on. Like, like guys like Rob Rogers and stuff. Yeah, do right, it now. Right. They're the best. Yeah. Right. So and I have a collection of books at home of uh, Herbert Block, Pat Oliphant, who are my favorite political cartoonists. So that's yeah, that's what I wanted to do. No, did you? So when you did you try it at all? Did you ever attempt it? No, to but when I was, that's when I was. You said Little Andrew. Yeah. As I got older, I gravitated. Little Andrew business. couldn't draw. 
No, <laughs> Andy, Andy was great stick figures. Now, okay. I, my, my Donald Trump would not be very good. <laughs> okay. yeah. Yeah. So, all right, so you get older, now you're in high school. What did yeah. you was, like in high school, man? What was I like in high school? I was a guy who was in every organization. I was. I, I, was, I can with, imagine that, too. I was, with, you I, I was president every, of your class? I was every group. No, I wasn't president, but I was with every group. Like, I hung out okay. with the, the gym rats, the theater people, I see it, yeah. the kids in the parking lot who would go out there just to smoke, you know, all that stuff. But you're, you're, an, you're athletic, man. You're in great shape. Were you an athlete in high school? Were you I was football? a football player. You did play ball? I played football. Uh, okay. Played, uh, now, see, I didn't know. You know that. No. What, what did you play? What position? I played running back. I played safety. We went both ways. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So. Were you... Were you uh, you know, baller was good. I, you know, it's funny that I kept playing. Starter? I, I think, I don't think I would have been an NFL star, but I think I would have been a pretty good player. You could play college? Yeah, I could play Put college, oh, yeah. I was also a baseball player. Really? Yeah, I was a catcher. Yeah. Um, I think if I kept on with one sport, you would have my focused. father's told me told me this because he coached me a little bit. That I probably could have been at least a college athlete. You could have got the D one or at least the oh yeah. yeah, wow. I think I, I knew I could have played at least D one in New England, like you know those uh, the UMass, yes. the BU's. Is that when you started to get into sports because of that? Because of being a player, so you say I want to cover it one day. Did you even think of covering sports? No. Well, you know, it's funny oh, yeah, at I, that point. I um. Had interest in television, yeah. And I, there was a local cable access channel that carried the high school basketball games. Now, are you still in high school? I'm still in high school. All right, it's like my junior year. So me and my buddy, uh, with my dad's pushing and urging, yeah, did the basketball games on TV. Having never done this, and it was my, I was pretty decent at, at living, and. Uh, so that was my first foray into sports. I didn't plan on doing it. Really? So, so, so what, did somebody see the tape? Did somebody air it to you? Did somebody say you should do this? I still want to be in the business side of television. That's why I want. I want to be in sales and marketing. I want to be an executive. So I went to Ohio University to study business and minor in telecommunications. And I entered ESPN in sales and marketing. Oh, really? Yeah. See, a lot of people know the story. So you, you went to, that's right, because Connecticut. Yeah, right, right. So, so I you worked at something. ESPN. I worked at ESPN twice. I worked You're in there. kidding me. Bristol office, and I worked in Chicago in the sales and marketing. Was Berman there and everybody? Were you, did you see oh, these yeah. dudes around? Yeah. I, after I graduated, I was, there was no opening for me in terms of the business side. Yeah. So we, have, we have what's called a, a production associate job. Okay. Let's just go ahead and take that for six months and work on sports center. I said, okay. You worked on Sports Center. I worked on Sports Center. Yes. When Sports Center was kind of started, or well, it was right there, peak, well, too. Right? It was in Berman. Well, let me tell you how, how long ago this was. Yeah. There was no ESPN, too. Okay. They did 630 Sports Center, 11 Sports Center, and 230. Was there USFL at the time? Yeah. Or was that past? It's, at, it's after USFL. Okay. It's just like the late 80s, early 90s. Okay. So, Chris Berman was there. Bob Lee was still doing Sports Center. Uh, I worked on the overnight shift to start. So, here's, here's the group I'm working with. So, let's see if the 80s names are familiar. Okay. Chris Myers. Yes. Chris Fowler. Yeah. Um, that's pretty cool, Andrew man. Kramer was a reporter. Yes, Andrew Kramer. So that's where I kind of began. Brian Cummins real sports. Andrew Kramer's one of That's so funny. The complete circle. So that's where... Did it get? Did you get to see these people and say, I can do this? You know, no. I, I honestly was doing that until something opened up in sales and marketing. And it's funny. I There was an opening, which I applied for. Yeah. And I lost out, and I'm not surprprised. I mean, I, the guy who got it, he was an accounting. He was an accounting exec. He was. He had more experience than I did. That's so um, funny, though, man. I picture you wanting to be on air, but the whole no, time no, you wanted to make. I, you see, I'm yeah, be business. But here's the funny part: the guy who beat me out, yeah, became the second command at ESPN. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Like became like the vice president, or whatever yeah, president. Right, whatever. right. Jeez. So uh, I finally got a, a business job at what was called Sports Channel in Chicago. Okay. Did for six months. 
Hated it. Uh, pretty much got fired. Because is, is, it, is it sales? It was sales. And you hated it, though. Did it I didn't like the selling. I mean, the cool part was I had floor seats for the Bulls for Jordan's first <laughs> Wait title Wait a second. Run. This is during the title? This is in title run. Like, Wow. So I was able to take my dad to games. Oh, yeah. was. The 92 Bulls. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. 91 Bulls. Or 91 Bulls. I just read the book on that. Yeah. That was amazing. So I was there. I had huh. That was the best part of my job. Mm-hmm. Everything else I didn't really like. So I, uh, I, I went home. I left the job. I went home. My parents were like, well, look, you know, Olive Garden's hiring. So you better hurry up and get something. <laughs> is that what they said? Oh, oh yeah. Like, you're not going to sit around here and just wait. <laughs> so I had my Good tapes from, yeah. some of the tapes I had from high school and college. Yeah. Uh, got an offer at what was called at Fox News. Is it on air now? No, it's not on this air. Is still not on this, air. This, this is too long. Do we, I, I could wrap this up. No, uh, keep okay. it going. Take your time. So That's Fox, what podcasting's about. Yeah. Take your time. So Fox News, which wasn't Fox News as we know it now. All right. In fact, they were just setting up a, a service for their affiliates to produce video and, and news content. So okay. we were in a basement of a station in Washington, D.C. We didn't have a political slant. So people, Fox News hmm. is not what Fox News is now. Not, right. Not, it was different then. It was very, very different. And I did that for about three or four months, and finally I got a call from all places, Hartford, Connecticut, for an on-air job. Cool. Yeah, at uh, the Fox station there. But how? how, how well, because I, I had sent tapes out. I sent tapes out of the stuff I'd done in college and high school. Okay. And they called me. So in the back of your mind, you're kind of thinking maybe this could happen on air. You're thinking yeah, maybe something must happen, right? So they call you. They call me. Came up, audition, got the job to do sports. For sports. I was a weekend sports anchor. Okay. Um, and at the time, you have to remember this is 1991. So I asked my boss. I asked, you know, thank you for hiring me. She's a wonderful woman. In fact, to this day. In fact, it's funny, she became the news writer KDK about five years ago. Oh, you're kidding. No, it's That's great. Yeah. But I asked her why she give me the job. Yeah. Because I said, look, I have the least amount of experience. Had to be the youngest guy. She said two things. Number one, we wanted somebody who was from the area. We understood the, the sports. Knew the area. Knew the area, knew the teams. And second of all, you know, I remember it was 91 when like, bagging P.I. is a big deal. Mm-hmm. You didn't have a mustache. <laughs> I didn't have a mustache. Oh, you didn't did have not. a mustache? I did not. Oh, that's so okay. Right. I could picture you with a mustache, man. No, I, and I've never had one since. You didn't have one since. <laughs> so had. that was part of the thing. You didn't have a mustache. It's, it's a very subjective sports. business. That's hysterical. So that's how it started. That, that's in, in, how do you get to Pittsburgh, man? Okay. Get us to Pittsburgh. I was in Hartford for a year and a half. Okay. Got an offer to go to Mobile, Alabama, of all places. <laughs> okay. To be the sports director, be on weekdays. I felt I need to be on more than two times a week. To get repetition. Right. So I did that for three years, three times a day, five days a week. Wow. Right. Right. Sports right. The beginning of your 50-hour week. Right. <laughs> well, back then it wasn't so bad. And then I got here in 95, took the weekend job, and a little so while started later. here in a weekend. Yeah. Weekend, so weekend sports? Huh? Weekend sports. Well, at the time it was me, Albie, Mark Johnson. Okay. You remember him. I'd yeah, I remember him. Tony Zarella. Yeah, I know Tony. Bill Hillgrove was part-time. He was just doing Steeler reports. Okay. And Myron had retired from TV. I'm doing commentaries. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And in the space of a year, we had a lot of changes. People moved on, turnover, and... It's one of the most ruthless... Explain to people, that it's a ruthless business. I mean, it is a changing business, man. And to be able to stay, that's what I'm saying, to be able to do it as long as you have, it's pretty miraculous. Well, a lot well, of it... That's has, a testament to your talent, but... Well, still. I think it's also a testament to the station. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not about working in the biggest market. It's not about, you know, being in Chicago or Boston. It's like, when you right. be in New York... It's about a, a co- my company is, is Hearst Broadcasting, which believes in stability, which I like. It's a management team. It's a management team. It's a management team that believes in its people. It's always 
going above and beyond, giving a little extra. Mm-hmm. And it's also about the fact that you know you're committed to what you're doing, and you try to do it the best you can. Yeah. Believe me, if if I was not cutting it or or I was not making the grade, I would I would not be there. But it's also the how, company believed in believes in me. How do you stay? You're I'm serious. You're the most positive person I know, and I haven't been around you a long time. Mm-hmm. I've been around you for hours at a time. And that's <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but it's people have to know. I mean, that is the, the Andrew that you see is Andrew. That's who he is. He's just a positive guy. And he, I've never really seen you pissed off, man. Oh, I do. I haven't seen it. I mean, well, I know well, you look, for I've, years. I've had, look, I've had I've, issues. I'd I mean, love you have, to you have, see you yell you, at someone. No, you, look, you have life issues. <laughs> yeah, you deal with <laughs> no, things. I see Andrew yell. <laughs> <laughs> look, I've been happy. I've been depressed. Oh, I've been sad. I mean, look, I lost I lost my father, and I was yeah, I was, I was inconsolable for yeah. almost a week. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had... Boy, it must have been so tough, man. It is. Because your dad was such an influence in your life. Extremely. You mentioned through the stories, your mom and dad both... Yeah, I mean, really fact, great parents sounds like yeah. I'm very fortunate to have my mom. Right, you know, yeah, they were wonderful people. My my mother's still mm. with us. Goodness, yeah. she's doing great. How old's mom now? Well, it's funny. She went to the um, doctor <laughs> one day, you know, and yeah. asked. You know, she yeah. thought she was 76. She left. They said, No, no, you're 76. <laughs> It sounds like my she's, mom Lou. She's like, I just gained a year. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> Lou, man, my mom Lou's eighty. She's a Pittsburgh mom, you know, which yeah. means her breakfast. Her breakfast, seriously, is a Dr Pepper and a cigarette. That's her breakfast, man. Oh my that's, goodness, that's a Pittsburgh thing. And she's yeah. still, she's still kicking it. Still 80. kicking it eighty. God bless her. Little wine, little wine in the afternoon. Explains a lot about you, right? Explains a lot about me, right, Mark? Uh, yep, Dr. Pepper. It's, it's like yeah. a, a my mom's not quite like too. that. She's no makes, filter. You know, makes her own protein shake. Works oh really? Oh yeah. Works That's out. where you got that influence of being well, healthy. You're more healthy than I am. Watch her Jane Fonda videos and working out. Yeah, that's the Jane Fonda videos. God bless her, awesome. you know. So <laughs> I should work out with my gut. Well, you know the workout like to, me. the workout I like actually. Yeah, I do a lot of walking. I see you all the time. Yeah. Mile, for miles. I love walking. I mean, it's nothing for me on miles Saturday. You'll do it, right? Huh? How long do you do it on Saturday? Well, like on Saturday, I will get up in the morning. Yeah, I'll drive down the strip. I'll park. Almost near the 31st Street Bridge. Okay. The further away I am, the better. Well, thank you. And that's your normal... And I'll just start walking. Go ahead. The size of the cigar you smoke is inversely proportional to the size of your dick. See, that. that's a philosophy here. Very, very Mark teaches me since I've known him here. Well, I, will com- I will not comment yeah. on the size of the cigar. We, <laughs> we get philosophy here, Blooms, right? <laughs> we get cigars here. But, um... <laughs> no, I, I'll start in the strip, strip district, and I'll okay. walk all the way through. I'll walk through downtown. I'll walk the south side. I mean, this is one of the most walkable cities in America. So, you, so that's your, so that's your workout. Then you'll do that on a Saturday for an hour, two hours. I prefer that to running. I, you I'll were run. a runner for a while, right? I was a heavy runner, right? You're be, really into yeah, it. But like marathon. Didn't you do a marathon every I did, I did the Pittsburgh one, marathon right? once. Yeah, I, I remember that. Abs. I did okay. the Pittsburgh marathon once. Yeah. I would not say it's the best marathon to start your marathon experience. I mean, I'd rather start in, let's say, I don't know, Chicago, you, uh, <laughs> Iowa. You, yeah, with our hills. With our hills, oh, I mean. No, it's a wonderful marathon. I, I love it. Tough. But i got to tell you, I remember the, the I remember I did the half. Okay. And the first 11 miles, I'm like, oh, this isn't too bad. <laughs> 11 then, I, then I go over, over the Birmingham Bridge. Yeah. It's Birmingham Bridge? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then you turn left, and you go up towards the Boulevard of the Allies. Okay. I almost died. I was like, why don't we just... I, I can't believe... It's, it's like going up an escalator. It's, it's that wow. steep. Wow. I mean, it kills you. It absolutely But you finished, you. though. You made it, right? Oh, I finished, but, I mean, I walked those, those last, like... You took your time. I, I walked the last 50 yards up the hill before I got to the top. 
know what's funny? I have one marathon story right? about it's about seven years ago, six, seven years ago. And this group of people, it was they have a, a, a tag relay thing for the marathon. So you, could have, you only were like four miles or five miles, whatever yeah. it is. And that's it. So I trained to do these miles forever. Okay, So I have the last leg of the marathon. Now, the crowd doesn't know if you're in the relay because there's nothing on me that says relay. You get the same number thing and right, everyone right, else right. has, right? <laughs> only the computer knows from however you cross the line. They think, put this thing on your shoe or whatever. But anyway, so no one knows this. So I'm starting this marathon. I'm the last leg of a five-mile marathon. Think about this. Now, I look like I'm dying on mile four or five right at the end, but think about it. I didn't run 26 miles. I ran five. I'm coming in, and people, there are thousands of people on each side of the the finish line, and they're cheering like crazy because I'm passing people who really ran the marathon. (laughs) They think I ran. So I start, guys, I start sprinting. The last two hundred yards, people were crying. You know, they thought I just ran twenty six miles and sprinted. The end. In the meantime, I walked about two, ran three at the end. Right. But yeah, so I felt you know like I, I felt spiritually okay when well, the one marathon I did that was twenty. I think it was twenty ten. Yeah. And I was fine the first because I trained. I went up to actually. I, I remember to, you doing it. I went to Canada. Yeah. Went up to uh, uh, actually Sydney Crosby's hometown. Oh. Yeah, and trained. The air is fantastic. Nova Scotia, or yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Cole Harbor, you're right along the water. The air is clean. I mean, it, the air is nice here. It's miles different up there. Like it feels different. So I'm trained. Okay, I got up to 18 miles a day. I'm like, okay, I can do this. Okay. So I get to mile 18 in the marathon. My bi- and it's raining the whole time, by the way. My body's telling me, no, 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 no. You're not going to do this. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I, I kind of slow down. I'm kind of like everything from walking to jogging to trotting. I get to mile 23, yeah. and this is the old marathon route. It used to go through Lawrenceville and by Pittsburgh Brewing. Remember that? Yeah. Okay. So I get to mile 23, Absolutely. and I see a water station. I'm like, okay. They're not handing out water. Okay. They're handing out beer. Did you do beer? No. I, 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 I got, I got mad. For some reason, I was upset. I'm like, how in the world can you put a beer at mile 23? <laughs> I got mad at that point. Okay. I was actually upset. I was like, you know, don't do that to me. Because you want to get there. Because so I, I hydrate you, right? Yeah, so I started sprinting. You did. I, ran, I, I mean, it was the fastest three miles of my last time. three miles. The last, well. Do you remember the time you had for a marathon? I did in 428. You did 428, 428 first marathon. First marathon. That's pretty impressive, man. That's Which made great. me feel good until I realized to qualify for the Boston Marathon it's like, 315. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's the guys who win it. Oranges on Carson here? Yeah. Oh, I remember the band. Well. When that five mile run, I did like three beers. What's the great thing about the Pittsburgh Marathon, unlike others? Every community you go into, there's music, there's people there to see you. And you know, know, here's the exciting part the best neighborhood to run through, voted voted on by the runners? Let me guess. Take a guess. Take a while, guess. I'm going to say Bloomfield. No. It used to be here. Nope. Down here, there was a Nope. Going up I'm lost now. Yeah, I thought Homewood. Oh yeah. Oh. The people of Homewood come out in droves. Yeah, I think I think they get such great uh, response because I don't think people expect it. That's but it is it is as you know, and I think it's a wonderful thing mm-hmm. because a lot of people who run who have never been through those neighborhoods, right, right, are like, oh my goodness, look at this, look at the people, the community, a, great community, it's a community chance to shine. Yeah, and I think that's what that makes this cool. marathon so great because it takes you through neighborhoods. That you wouldn't go through. Well, that's a, yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing about Pittsburgh. Yeah. What, what, let me say, what do you love? What, I love Pittsburgh, the neighborhoods, and I know you do. But what, what's what stands out for you, Pittsburgh? 
Why why do you love staying here? Because you could work nationally, you could work anywhere you want. You have the talent. I know that for a fact. You can do that. You should be my agent. What do I love about Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh so much? I love that, and this is going to sound goofy and corny, so don't go ask ahead. me. But there's a story around every corner. Every place you go, yeah. every building you walk by, there's a story. I'll give you a great example. All right. So I'm doing a story yesterday. I'm in the Hill District. Okay. Fences, the movie, is, is up for four Oscars. Right, right. So we went to the childhood home of... August Wilson, who wrote Fences. Mm-hmm. And as we're walking around, and I'm going through there with uh, Chris Ross, who used to be the art critic, uh, the theater critic for the Post-Gazette, yeah. who now is charged the August Wilson board. Right. He's telling me the stories of the homes there, this particular house, this house. Every home, every building has a story. And and that's why I love it. I mean, you look at the, the architecture here. Yeah. I mean, these, these buildings are over 100 years old. And any stories stand out from him? The, the, well, know, the fact that August Wilson grew up in a, in a, in a two-bedroom, two bedrooms, in fact, the house, and I'll try to make it as brief as possible. Yeah. It was basically two homes. Okay. In the front was a three-story brick building, which had an Italian market and a Jewish, uh, a business owned by a Jewish family. In the front. In the back were a number of apartments, mostly populated by African-American families. Now, this is back in the 50s. Okay. Okay? This is before the Hill District went through a great change. Right. Um, and yet, we think all these different ethnicities and nationalities, you know, yeah. are, are different, don't get along. Right. They found a way to live together, work as equals, and be equals. Yeah. Yeah. And it was not unusual to have this interaction to all these different people. Right. And that's why I find it exciting. And I, you know, we live in an age now where, you know, we're separated by politics, yeah. sometimes by race. Yeah. But you go to that neighborhood, and you go back sixty some odd years, it wasn't like Breaks that. Breaks down those barriers because everybody was in that same social plane. Uh, really, this story because we we have the ability, and that's what makes Pittsburgh so special. I mean, yeah. I, you don't go to a city and ever see you know these great stories that go back fifty, one hundred years. Yeah. You know, you don't find the pride in a, in a town that you find here. People in Pittsburgh are very proud. And they're proud to say, look, I'm from here. This is where I live. This is my family's story. This is where I grew up. This mm-hmm. is where I went to school. And it's just, it's unique. That's true. And we're all connected in Pittsburgh, yeah. too, for some. You're right. That's what I love. I mean, you don't have to worry about, it's not like, okay, I'm in Pittsburgh and I have to worry about what's going on in Cleveland or Philadelphia. <laughs> it's like, this is our life. <laughs> and that's why I love about Pittsburgh. <laughs> and I don't have to worry about the rest of the world. Well, man, you're, you're the greatest, Drew. We well, love thank you, you in Pittsburgh. Thanks for doing the podcast, brother. Always a pleasure. Continue success, my friend. Andrew Stocky, my man. WTAE. And we'll be at the Epilepsy Walk June 17th. June 17th. Please come out and join us. Uh, you, me, all the mascots. Yes. And we raised money for the Epilepsy Foundation. And Drew and I will be golfing this summer at some charity. Uh, we we're going to golf. You know, I'll have we a couple be, coming up for we you. We should run. We should do the run. You want me to do it? Well, this year, you want to do it? It's for the Epilepsy? Let's do it. Are you committing with me? I'm committing. Wow. We had talked about it. You really going to do it? Well, all right, we're look, committing. Wait, I'm, right I'm with you. I'm, I'm doing it. All right, Drew and I are going to run the 5K this year. We're going to run the 5K. If you want to see a spectacle, come out and see that. You'll see me double over. I can't wait. So it always right, so we takes yourself training. a mile and a half. Let me, let me start training. i got to train so I don't start training. over. Oh, you've been trained. <laughs> <laughs> can I bring a cigar with me? I guess I can. If you run 3.5 miles with a cigar, I will be impressed. All right, I'll do it. I'm doing just a, just a jaggy. <laughs> I don't think you're going to make it a mile with a cigar. I don't think I'll do either. <laughs> but I, I, I look forward to it. Oh, you're the best, man. Jim Crane, no restrictions. <laughs>
Hey, this is Judy Vitale with the Deep Dives podcast. We are audio on demand. That means you can find us any time of the day or night. Having trouble sleeping? Want to learn something more about your deepest desires and that unconscious part of you that is just dying to come out? You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, and TuneIn Radio. Just search on Deep Dives with Judy Vitale. Thanks for listening. This is the Pittsburgh Podcast Network.